What up, world? Welcome to another episode of the RJO Show and another week, an actual week in the National Football League, a real week from the 2016 season, and we are here to talk about it, dice it up, and have a whole lot of fun in the process. My name is RJ Ochoa, your humble host here on the RJO Show. I am also a staff writer at InsideTheStar.com. I am also the host of Ocho Live, your only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option and we are here right now talking on the RJO show presented by Slant Sports Audibles. I know this has been a weird week and a weird sort of schedule lately. I've had some some scheduling conflicts but uh, don't worry I know that you were panicked and I've got all those details ironed out and we're going to be on a regular schedule from this point out throughout the magic that is the 2016 NFL season and so we have a lot to talk about today. We have to recap week one and the madness that it was. We have to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets in the first Thursday night football game of the season, and we have to look forward to week two, aka week dose. And I didn't want to do this by myself, so I needed dose people here. And I brought in an RJO show alum, somebody who you all know very well, and uh, somebody who likes coming out and hanging out and, uh, you know, being a cool dude. Please welcome to the RJO show, Jimmy Jowl Seth. Now, what's going on, James? Not much, man. I am so excited. Football is finally here. I have a mini depression whenever it's the off season. I get so bored of all the other sports. Now that it's here, I can live my life. Well, I mean, it's a uh, it's the footballiest time of the year, and I know that that I'm excited. This and and you know, fall is on the way. I don't know. You know, you live in Houston. Do you sort of feel like fall is is headed your way? That the fall season in terms of weather and and you know all that jazz. No, just whenever I'm outside and I'm walking to my car, I'm immediately sweating. So until that stops, I just feel miserable. Well, I know that you feel miserable. Is that TMI? I mean, I don't think so. A little bit. I know that you f- you feel miserable in general in life. You know? Yeah. Um, until football season. Right. You yeah. you and I have been friends long enough that um, that I know that about you. And I mean, hey, you know. But um, anything else going on in, in your life? Anything new that you want to share with the RJ Osha? This is, by the way. Jimmy's, I almost said Jamesy's, uh, Jimmy's fifth appearance on the RJO show. That's a record. Call Guinness. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm proud of that record. And uh, aside from making my fifth appearance right now today, uh, absolutely nothing is going on. <laughs> okay. That's, that's kind of sad, really. This is a highlight. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad that we can make make your life. And, uh, you know, hopefully the RJO show brings you some, some bit of happiness. Yeah gives me some meaning in life. I love it. Good. Let's talk about the NFL, something that you and I love. You know, people should read our text conversations at some point in, in life. I think we should, uh, you know, submit them to the Smithsonian, you know, in, in like 20, 30 years or something, uh, because they're incredible. And it's it's really just, I'd say, 80% football talk, 10% insults from me to you, and 10% insults back to me. Uh, See, I don't agree with those percentages. <laughs> you know how, like, when the FBI releases, like, classified documents and, like, half the page is blacked out because it's redacted? Yeah. I feel like that would be most of our text message combos. Well, we, um... We... Just, just blank, black spaces and, like, oh, yeah, Texans are looking good. Yeah. And then just in other five pages of black. Well, you know, this is um, a big episode of the RJO show, and it's, um, you know, we're getting into the swing of things. It's week one, so we're working out the kinks, just like a lot of NFL teams. And let's talk about what happened in week one. And we'll start with the season opener, the rematch of Super Bowl 50, this time a better uniform matchup. If you ask me, I was more pleased to see Broncos orange tops versus Panthers whites than, uh, than what we saw out in Santa Clara in February. And the Broncos, Trevor Simeon and co, escaped with the 21-20 win thanks to Graham Gano, you know, his shank. Yeah, that game was really, really exciting, uh, very hard-hitting. Panthers came out with a chip on their shoulder. It's kind of unfortunate to see them fail the way they did at the very end of that game. I hate watching a team lose on a missed field goal. Yeah. It's some of the most anticlimactic stuff in the game of football. Um, but they were very competitive and, you know, you can definitely tell the Texan or I'm sorry, the Broncos are going through some growing pains right now at Trevor Simeon at quarterback, but overall he looked good and the offense was moving. 
And uh, I think the Broncos are going to be another playoff team this year. Yeah, I think that Trevor Simeon sort of inspired that hope. I think that you walked away from that game thinking he can get this job done. He can be better from a statistical perspective than than Peyton Manning was last season. You know, we'll get into, um, you know, the the concussion element of things. I know there was a lot of fallout about Cam and, and the hits he took uh, and, and all that. We'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about week two in, in the Jets and the Bills. But, you know, in this game, I thought that the, my, my one thought was that the Broncos defense really is for real, that it, it wasn't just that they got hot a, a season ago. It, it was that they uh, they're ready to roll. Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, Shane Ray, the whole gang, you know, they're back for for the sequel. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely brutalized Cam Newton. And there were a lot of hits to the head, and that's pretty controversial. I know two or three players were fined, but they do not mind paying the fifteen dollars to $18,000 to win that game. I agree. That game in particular, to kick off your season, Super Bowl rematch, they could care less. They came out tough. They were ready to fight. And they're going to be a big-time player in the AFC. Now, I, I mean, I don't know about big-time player, but let's let's move on to some of these other games that we saw week one. Sunday was so great um, to see all the action happening, and, and you know, it, it, felt, it felt awesome. It felt like exactly how we wanted it to feel, and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, if I'm being totally honest with you. But So let's talk AFC. You know, you're saying a team to be reckoned with potentially. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Bills 13 to seven. I don't, I don't know that that was particularly convincing one way or the other. I do think that the Jaguars impressed, um, hanging with the Packers, even though the Packers hung on to win that game 27 to 23. I think, you know, I had a lot of faith in the Titans, and they played okay for a little while, but you know, ultimately the Vikings came back with Sean Hill to beat them 25 to 16. But the team that I think really impressive really two dudes two teams from the AFC was the Kansas City Chiefs coming back to beat the San Diego Chargers was, you know one of the greatest games of the weekend and the Raiders with uh, Jack Del Rio swag that we've been talking about all week long going for two to win that game 35-34 down in the bayou in New Orleans I think that you know the, the Broncos are a team that that are uh, you know I think going to be relevant but you talk about the AFC let's just focus on the AFC West Broncos Chiefs Raiders that's going to be an awesome division to watch this season. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see who takes the lead, who takes the division. Uh, you know, the Raiders are looking really nice. They looked good last year. They took a lot of big steps forward. And uh, the Chiefs, they're just well coached. Uh, they go into each game with their own game plan, and they execute it extremely well. Um, and, and you know what? The Chiefs, they, they seem like they never get phased. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they were losing 21-3, to and they just hang on. They said, no, we're going to hang on, we're going to do our thing, and we're going to come back, we're going to win this game, and they did. Yeah, and it was in the fourth quarter. They're down by a bunch, and Alex Smith, the, the game manager, if you will, that's his, you know, M.O., basically. He just started slinging the ball, and he was making some great catches and threw the ball out there, let his receivers make plays, and... He led a great, great comeback. I think the Chiefs really impressed, and they're going to be a scary team. You know, I just don't – I mean, I, I, I like the Chiefs. In fact, you know, the last R.J. Osher episode, I have the Chiefs picked to go to the AFC Championship game, lose to the Steelers, who we'll get to in a second. But I still don't think that on a national level that the Chiefs are sexy. You know what I mean? Like, they're not a, a sexy team to – to think of as a as an elite player you know what I mean like it's just oh, it's the Chiefs it's Andy Reid it's Alex Smith they, they they just have this disposition of of you know lukewarm you know what I mean yeah they're another old school smash mouth team but without the sex appeal of having a few key names out there you know Alex Smith is not going to get any ladies in the seats if you will but you know who uh, you know who will if from a football perspective Jamal Charles he didn't even play this game and and they still I mean that that's what's impressive to me is is how this team personifies a uh, a, a keep fighting uh, philosophy that keeps them in ball games I think that's one of the keys to a great coach is no matter who's there they're going to utilize every player to their best of possible talents and then just let them go at it utilize their skill set and organize your game plan around that and that's what Andy Reid did with the Chiefs yeah and you know I sort of unintentionally focused on the AFC West, but branching out to the AFC, I think the Bengals 
sort of I don't want to say they they proved that they're going to do it again, but I think the Bengals proved that that they're well coached. That they're a, a non sexy team, maybe not to the same degree the Chiefs are, but that the Bengals I thought were impressive in that they hung on to beat the Jets, who I think I have them going to the playoffs also as a wild card team. Twenty three twenty two Bengals win in New York or New Jersey, whatever you want to call it. I thought that was impressive. I was really disappointed in the Colts, and I know that you're a Texans fan, and I know you probably were just. Uh, you know, bathing in this, but the Colts dropping that game in Indy to the Lions was embarrassing. I mean, to be honest, and I think was an indication that they're maybe not as for real as they they were two seasons ago when they lost the AFC Championship game. But my AFC Super Bowl team, we'll talk about the Texans after this team. So, spoiler alert, it's not the Texans, Jimmy. But <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers manhandled the Redskins on Monday Night Football I don't see a flaw in their game right now, albeit we have one week of a sample size. I think the Steelers looked incredible. And just wait till they get Le'Veon Bell back. Oh, I know. And and when Ladarius Green finally shows up. I mean, right now they're using guys like, you know, like I said, the sign of a great coach. Mike Tomlin's using guys like D'Angelo Williams, who before the Steelers signed him a couple years ago, no one really wanted to touch an old 30-year-old running back. The, the Panthers, who are also great, let him go. It's amazing. I mean, you know, it's um, incredible. Yeah, and now D'Angelo Williams for two years in a row, while Le'Veon Bell has been suspended, has been making some big plays for them. He's a key component to them winning. I think he had 140-plus yards rushing week one. It was amazing. Now, and you know, the um, the other AFC powerhouse is obviously the New England Patriots, who took care of business Ugh. in the desert. Uh, that was really impressive for Jimmy Garoppolo to do that. I do think the Cardinals are going to drop off a peg in 2016, but still, you got to give them credit. I mean, you talk about signs of a great coach. I mean, Bill Belichick was, and and you know they lost on a miss, they won on a, on a missed field goal uh, by Chandler Catanzaro, but still, you got to give them some props, James. I'm just waiting for two or three more weeks where we find out how the Patriots cheated to win oh that game. Oh, my gosh. Give me a break. Don't be that person. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be, but let's, um, it's very frustrating that they're winning without Gronkowski, without Rob Ninkovich, without Tom Brady, It's and they still put on a great performance. It's frustrating. I don't want them to be good another 10 years. I can't stand it. It's, it's amazing, um, to be totally honest, and I know we talked a lot about that, you and I, but... Um, the last AFC team I really want to hit on here is your team, the Houston Texans. They beat the Bears. Yes. They beat the Bears at home, twenty-three to fourteen. And um, you know, obviously, you're a little bit biased in this regard. I thought Brock looked a little bit better than okay. I thought Brock looked interesting. Uh, Brock Osweiler wasn't, you know, didn't didn't have a, a great fantasy football day, but that's okay. I think the thing that I took away from that game was that Will Fuller is for real. He was amazing. I disagree on your Brock Osweiler take. I'm not going to say he. I'm not going to say he played great or anything like that, but he made some plays that just being a Texans fan, quarterbacks that we've had and we've had 15 of them in the last four years. Other quarterbacks were not making the plays that he made. He was able to feel pressure in the pocket, be able to move, and. He did have two touchdowns and one interception, but there were two drop touchdown passes that he could have had. And I mean, complete drops. There was a big pass to Will Fuller down the middle of the field. You know, he's extremely fast, wide open, hits him right in the hands, and he drops it. But, you know, that's going to happen. Will Fuller's a rookie. But I was really impressed with what I saw with Brock Osweiler. And it's just week one in a new system. I expect... Not great, but very good things from him this year. I think it's fair to expect something legitimate. I mean, I'm I'm not as, as all in as you are. I'm excited to see him in week two against the Chiefs, who we just hyped up. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, you know, NFC. Um, you know, my Cowboys obviously fell at home 20-19 uh, to 19 to the New York Giants. And I thought Dak Prescott looked great. Uh Great for the circumstances. Great considering he's a rookie quarterback playing with a rookie running back, playing against what is apparently a for real New York Giants team. I think the New York Giants are as close to their 2007-2011 Super Bowl championship defenses and their defensive lines, and that's that's been their you know their money maker. And I think that they have as as much as they can recreated it because I, I have a lot of respect for them. They said, you know what, the Cowboys want to run the ball. We are going to take that away, and they did it. I, I mean, you got to give them props. 
Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys tried to run, obviously, with Zeke, with Alfred Morris, and they were not able to get too much going. They were never able to score. They had a bunch of field goals throughout the game. and Four field goals you know, off the golden yeah. foot of Dan Bailey. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I'm guessing we're going to talk about the ending of that game a little bit later, but Dak Prescott did look very, very good. He uh, was kind of hindered, I think, by the play calling. When you've got a guy like Des Bryant, you throw the ball up to him, make him be a part, force it to him if you have to, get your playmakers involved. No, you, you see, a, you're you're right. I mean, you, yeah. I think where you're going is you see the way AJ Green, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. I mean, Mike yeah. Mike Evans. I mean, the Gronk. The list goes on and on and on. You know, teams are smart enough to say, okay, we have a superstar. I don't want to say receiver because of Gronk. We have a superstar pass catcher or a superstar playmaker. That needs to be the person that touches the ball the most often. It's irresponsible if you're the play caller for the Dallas Cowboys to call the kind of game that you did, to only target Des Bryant five times in that game, to only have him leave the game with one catch for eight yards. Give me a break. What are you thinking? Lob it up there. Take some shots. Well, you know, it was disappointing, and uh, we'll see if they can get back on track. But around the the NFC, the Packers withstood the Jaguars. I, I have the Packers as my NFC Super Bowl pick, and I thought that they looked – I think that they're going to get back to the offensive form that we've seen them sort of be at, at their peak, um, and, and I think they showed that. I mean, 27 points isn't anything incredible, but on, on a bad day, 27 points, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and co., they know what they're doing. The Vikings I thought were impressive – getting that win with Sean Hill. Um, obviously, you have to believe they'll be better with Sam Bradford. So, I mean, that you know that's good news. I think the Saints were interesting, although they lost, obviously, to the Raiders. Um, I, I'll say the Eagles, you know, you talk about how Dak Prescott looked. Carson Wentz looked good. And, I, I mean, it's the Browns, so you have to, you know, take everything with that caveat. But I thought Carson Wentz looked good. And I, I think that the Eagles might have found their guy. And I think that they have a little bit of reason to celebrate. As a Cowboys fan, I'm a little worried, and I'm, I'm excited to play against him. Don't be worried just yet. I mean, it is one game, and it's against the Browns. RG3 went down in the game. RG3 uh, actually on IR, by the way, and uh, likely done for the season. What a sad story. Yeah, it's sad, but I have a lot of trouble feeling bad for him at this point. I know we talked about that in one of our redacted text messages, but I don't feel so bad for him anymore. How many times, how many coaches have told him you need to learn how to slide? No, I mean, you have nothing to gain if you watch that play. You're doing nothing. You're putting on a tough guy act. Oh, you're you're right. You got yourself hurt for the season. You're hurting your team and you're hurting your career. You're right. You're right. But um, I mean, uh, RG three wasn't the the star of the day. It was Carson Wentz. Right. And, it was Carson Wentz, and, and he looked great. It says a lot that he was able to come out, play for his team, put on the performance that he did, and win that game. While the guy picked right in front of him didn't even suit up in Jared Goff. Well, I think it's amazing that he did it against the team that traded away the pick that they could have used to take him. You know, I mean, the, the, the Browns, for all intents and purposes, said we don't need Carson Wentz, you know? Uh, I don't know if that's what the Browns are saying exactly. I think they're saying, you know, we've drafted quarterbacks high now for years and years and years, and they all end up sucking in our system. So maybe we can try to build a team uh, – that's very strong on other sides of the ball and just use a filler guy at quarterback. Cause I don't think one quarterback is going to turn the Browns into a contender. Well, I think they're so far away from being a good team. Well, I mean, you need all the picks you can get. I, I get that. But either way, it, you know, if you're a Browns fan, you're watching that game, especially the, you know, following week after RG three, sir, you're thinking that could have been our guy and, and you're salty. If you're a Browns guy, I think you'd, you know what you're getting into anytime you tune into a Browns game. That's fair. That's fair. You're just thinking, okay, LeBron won us a championship. Like that's how I live with myself now. Yeah. That's all I got to think about. Um, the Seahawks, I think, were flat in in their their open. I mean, they won, you know, but they beat the Dolphins twelve to ten, and um, I think that there's I don't want to say cause for concern, but I think that we need to just say, well, wait a minute. 
we'll we'll keep our eye on, on you, Seattle. But the team that you know, the NFC that stole my heart, that I think is a playoff team this year, potentially, it's a wild card contending team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, famous Jameis, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, they're all going to party there in the pirate ship. That stadium, by the way, Raymond James Stadium, their Twitter handle is RJ Stadium. So it's, you know, I'm personally attached to it. I think that they are uh, they're going to be an interesting team this season. Yeah, I mean, every year, and, you know, you're alluding to the Seahawks and Dolphins game. Every year there's one team that comes out of nowhere looks dominant it looks like they've made the next big steps we don't know what any of these teams are just yet so maybe the dolphins are good but you know going to the buccaneers Jameis winston looked really good at the end of last year he really seemed to figure stuff out right now he looks dominant against the falcons yeah well i think the falcons i've i've been saying this for a long time i think the falcons are overrated but i i mean i do think Jameis looked great i mean he looked like an experienced veteran out there he lit it up yeah. And I think the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a playoff team this year. Well, you're copying RJ. It's a good job. Proud of you. Maybe you're copying me. No. Anyway, yeah. the you know the final game of the week, and we won't spend that long on it just because there's no reason to, was the Los Angeles. And I didn't understand this because Monday Night Football is always a doubleheader week one. And through the Washington-Pittsburgh game, ESPN was airing commercials with Phantom Planets, California. You know, coming up, California. And, you know, selling this, the return to California sort of thing. And obviously the Rams are, have returned to Los Angeles. But I thought it was dumb because the game was in Santa Clara. You know, it wasn't even like the Rams were playing in Los Angeles. Then I would have understood it. You know, but it didn't make sense um, for them to hype it up like the Rams are back. Because, you know, if the Rams were the St. Louis Rams, they still would have been playing in Santa Clara. You know, it, the fact that they were the Los Angeles Rams was not at all represented in that game, except for the fact that they got blasted 28-0. to That's the Los Angeles Rams way. Well, I don't think you should be surprised about anything being odd or weird with the Los Angeles Rams. Everything about them right now is weird and almost stupid if you will they're talking about extending jeff fisher uh three more years when he just got blown out in their first game horrible timing there you know they traded all these picks all these assets to get the number one overall pick to get their guy in jared goff and then he's not even suited up for the game well i mean and i don't think that jared goff could have done much anyway i mean it, i don't either but that's the problem you traded all these picks to get a quarterback which makes you think you're a quarterback away from being a real contender but the offensive line's horrible case keenum was getting murdered out there the team is not solid they're not very good all around so the guy you traded all this potential to strengthen every other part of your team for isn't even playing he's not even suited up it makes zero sense well so yeah it makes no sense that they're gonna hype up the la rams return to san francisco yeah i mean it was but nothing about the rams makes sense right now it was um you know we'd gone so long without football i thought i was like man i'm just gonna soak it all up and they actually made me sick it was weird. It was a weird ending to a great week other, otherwise. And, um, you know, that was a fun end to a, a weird exercise in reliving it. We'll be right back here on the RJO Show. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking Jets and Bills and that game and all the fun that it was. Week 2 and all its ensuing storylines. And we're going to make some picks later on in the show. Jimmy Jostet's been hanging out with us. We'll be right back after this break. Cowboys Nation, what is going on? I know that things feel rough right now because our team is 0-1, but we are going to bounce back with a win, and you know that because you've been checking out InsideTheStar.com. Inside the Star, if you are unaware, is the home for the best Dallas Cowboys news and analysis across the web. At our side, Inside the Star, myself and my fellow teammates work around the clock to make sure that you have the best news and analysis when it comes to America's team. We have game previews, player breakdowns, bold predictions, rapid reactions, anything and everything that you need about your 
team that you love. We want you to be a part of our family for this football season because after this rough loss, it's going to bounce back and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Check us out on the web, InsideTheStar.com. Follow us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at Cowboys Nation. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for Inside the Star, or you can hang out with us on Google+, Snapchat, Instagram, anything and everything. We will be there. Now let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome back to the RJO Show, where we are hanging out, we are talking about the NFL, because that's what we do. If you're new, your first time listening, first of all, welcome. Consider this uh, an audio virtual hug. On the RJO Show, we talk about the National Football League all the time, all its ensuing elements, and uh, we have a great time doing it. Today, this week, whenever you're listening to this, we travel in time also here on the RJO Show. I am joined by my good friend, Jimmy Jal Sethna, who you can follow and you should follow on Twitter at the Jimmy Jal. Jimmy Jal, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. I'm looking forward to week two. Well, I, uh, I mean, I'm with you. Week, we mean week two of the NFL season, by the way. Uh, for you know, in case you, you know, no one understood, Jimmy. Yeah, sometimes people don't understand what you're saying. I've been your friend for a long time. I've seen people, you know, not understand your words. Yeah, I tend to mumble a lot. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I see what I did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's funny. That's very funny sometimes. Yeah, respect. Yeah. So um, Jimmy Jow is a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, we love talking about the NFL and we appreciate you hanging out while we do it together. And Jimmy, we have weak dose upon us. In fact, week two has already gotten kicked off. We um, we are taping this, you and I, fresh off the Thursday night football game between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. The Jets won 37-31, to and they put on, I don't want to say an offensive clinic, but they were impressive, um, you know, from an offensive perspective, from an offensive standpoint, and I think that the Jets are a playoff team. I, I picked them as a wild card team, and I think that we are watching the last year of Rex Ryan as a head coach in the National Football League. 37-31, Jets take it over the Bills. Jimmy, what are your immediate thoughts on this? The biggest thing that sticks out to me right now is that the Jets went into this season with one guy that they thought was one of their biggest assets, and he has been absolutely horrible. You're talking about Darrell, Darrell Revis, obviously. Darrell Revis has looked absolutely horrible. How how and, how Bill Belichick in New England Patriots, and is it that they just squeezed out the last bit of greatness from Revis to get a Patriots Super Bowl and sent him back to the Jets? I mean, what a I mean, you just have if you're a Jets fan, you just got to be sick about that. Yeah, and I mean, he looked good last year, but so far through two weeks this year, he has looked absolutely horrible. He looks slow. He's not making good tackles. It's a liability. Well, they made Tyrod Taylor get two 70-plus yard touchdown passes. Well, you know, I think Revis is really the only demerit in this performance for the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 24 of 34, 374 yards and a touchdown. What was impressive, the Jets had a 100-yard rusher. Matt Forte carried it 30 times, a career high, had exactly 100 yards, three touchdowns. Shout-out to my cousin Jeremy Rodriguez, who has him in our uh, our Fantasy Football League, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And the Jets had two, almost three receivers with 100 yards apiece. Eric Decker, six catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. His wife, uh, the famous country music singer, she was uh, you know having a good time tweeting about him. Brandon Marshall. Also six catches for 101 yards. Had a really big scare early on in the game. Uh, looked like he might be done. Looked like his ACL might be torn. Um, and Quincy Anunwa sort of arriving on the national stage. Six catches and for 92 yards. I think, Jimmy, I think that we're watching one of the top ten offenses in the league this year. I don't know how I feel about that statement. I don't think the Bills are very good. Um I love watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is so exciting. He's a tough guy. I don't know if you know this. They don't mention it a whole lot, but he went to Harvard, so you know he's really smart. I actually really hate that, by the way, because now the whole, like, oh, I don't know if you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard thing, that's, like, just as cheesy of a joke as, like, saying Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. I'm going to move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) But... He's a very fun guy to watch, but the problem is eventually he comes back down to earth, and against good teams, when the season's on the line, he's going to fall short. 
So I don't believe the Jets hype right now. Um, it was a fun game. They looked very good, but I'm not feeling them for the playoffs. Well, and I don't think they're going to contend with the Patriots. I um, I don't know if they'll contend with New England, but I do think they were watching a wild card team here. The Jets' face masks looked incredible. The white on the white helmet, I thought, looked so much better than the standard you know, forest green that they usually have. This was a color rush game. The first color rush game, the Bills rocked the all red ensemble that we saw last year, the the colorblind bowl, as it was known. And um, this was also, and you know, I talked about this on Ocho Live after the game. This was the first game that the NFL had that was streamed on Twitter. And I think that that, you know, we'll, we'll get to week two here in a second, but I think that that's incredible. And I, I've never been shy about my belief in the, the future of technology and Twitter and Periscope and streaming functionalities. I think that's where media in general, entertainment and sports alike, is headed. And, I mean, I don't think that that should be overlooked. The fact that an NFL game was streaming on Twitter is incredible. We're, we're beginning to see, I believe, the death of the cable industry. And sooner rather than later, Twitter... The NFL and all its partners are going to run the media world. Now, I didn't watch the game on Twitter. I watched on cable. But I don't believe, you know, cable is going to die or all the cord cutters are going to just completely watch all their sports. Because that's the main thing But but if with cable cutters. You're not able to watch live sports. Right. But if, You don't want to record it. You don't want to follow it somewhere else. You want to watch it live. Right. But if this is an option, then you can do it. You know, the, I mean, because you're right. The the only sell to to cable right now, the only true, you know, sort of necessity is live sports. And if they're streamable from Twitter, it's over. I don't expect the NFL to make every game available on Twitter. Well, not in uh, 2016, but I think it's headed there. Yeah, not yet. I think it's years away. Well, and it may be longer than you're even expecting, I would imagine. All I'm saying is cable companies have money. All I'm and saying the NFL loves money. All I'm saying is that we saw a glimpse of the future tonight. And I, I just think that that's really cool. Um, you know, let's let's look into the future, though. You and I, Jimmy, um, I know that I mean, I know that you know that Back to the Future is my all time favorite movie. So right now I'll be Marty McFly and you can be Doc Brown and we'll travel to the future. Is that OK? OK. okay. Yeah, that's fine. OK, cool. That works out. That makes me happy. Um, so this week, week two in the National Football League, obviously the New York Jets now are 1-1. One and one. The Buffalo Bills are 0-2. Oh and, and falling to 0-2 oh is sort of a kiss of death in the NFL. 12% of teams, according to the math, have a chance at making the playoffs if you go 0-2. Oh you definitely don't want to do that. Um, so let's let's look at some of these games here. And... You know, we'll get started. Obviously, I'm a staff writer inside the star.com. I've got a big attachment to the Cowboys. We'll look at Cowboys Redskins. Both of these teams are 0-1. So falling to 0-2, obviously, is a danger. Somebody will walk out of, you know, that stadium 0-2 on Sunday. And the Cowboys, I think, have more to lose in that the Cowboys are already 0-1 in the division. So they could not only be 0-2, but they could be 0-2 in the NFC East, which could be really horrible in the waning moments of December. The Redskins obviously lost to the Steelers. That's one of the, the least impactful losses, losing to the opposing conference. This game is interesting to me because you can't lose your season in Week 2, but, I mean, you can certainly lose a lot of it. And I think that the Cowboys, we talked about in the first segment, I think they're going to wake up to the notion that, hey, we need to use Des Bryant. We need to attack the Redskins. We need to run, run, run. I don't think the Redskins are as equipped as the Giants were to take them out. And I think that the Cowboys are going to win this game, if I'm being totally honest and totally objective. I think the Cowboys do need to win this game. I think they will win this game. Josh Norman's going to finally face an elite big-time receiver. What do you mean uh, he's going to face? He just, maybe, he just played maybe. Antonio Brown. What do you okay, mean? Okay, but well, he wasn't guarding Antonio Brown the whole time. So you think he's going to shadow Dez? Because I don't. I think he will. I Why don't. don't you think he will? I don't think he will because, number one, if I was a Redskins fan, I would be a terrible person. But two, I <laughs> I would be concerned that my team is changing strategies week two. Because this is obviously the, the Redskins game plan. It is to, to keep Norman there. And 
I think it would be an overreaction to the fallout that there's been because he didn't shadow Antonio Brown and whatever. And honestly, if I were the Redskins, I would count on the Cowboys eliminating Des Bryant for me because in week one with a rookie quarterback, they only targeted Des Bryant five times. And on top of that, Brashad Breeland is another exceptional corner for the Redskins who has had success against Des Bryant. So it's not like, you know, you're trotting out some nobody out there against Des. It's somebody who knows how to play him very well. So I don't think that there's a reason to shadow Des with Josh Norman when you have all these other factors, you know, swinging in your way. If Des has the kind of start to the game that Antonio Brown did have, you have to shadow Des Bryant so, with your best defender. So you think then Des gets out to a hot start, we see the flip. If they don't start out already shadowing him, I think you have to adjust in the middle of the game because look at what they did uh, against the Steelers. They never really adjusted. Antonio Brown had two touchdowns, over 150 yards, I believe. And Ben Roethlisberger just lit it up. You have to do something to stop it, at least take away their biggest threat. I think that this is going to be a big game for Zeke. I think the Cowboys are going to try to make a statement, um, not just that they can run the ball, but they're playing against Bill Callahan, their former offensive line coach who defected for Washington last season. They've also got Alfred Morris, who is a little bit bitter uh, that the Redskins let him walk over a matter of $1.25 million. And I think the Cowboys are going to commit to the run game here especially because the Redskins don't have the defensive front that the Giants do. And and that's, you know, like I said, the Reds, the Giants beat the Cowboys at their own game, and the Redskins can't. Um, so I, I think that the, the Cowboys are going to come out, they're going to run the ball. I think this is going to be a, a bit of an offensive explosion. Um, and I'll have my official uh, pick up at InsideTheStar.com with the rest of the staff on Saturday. But my score prediction here is 31-13 Cowboys. So you think the Cowboys just absolutely dominate passing, running I think, all phases of the game? I think so, and I think that defensively, nobody on that team scares me outside of Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Reed. And Byron Jones has shown an ability to, to eliminate an opposing team's tight end. So I think that Byron Jones, I mean, the guy took out Gronk. So, I mean, Jordan Reed is one of the most exceptional players in the league, but I think that Byron Jones can hang with him. I don't think that Jordan, you know, I'm sure Jordan wins a few of those those contests, but I think that for all intents and purposes, Byron handles him. Deshaun Jackson, on the other hand, on Brandon Carr, Orlando Skandrick's got a little bit of a, of a hamstring injury. Um, Morris Claiborne played decent week one. That's, you know, the, the one area that I think that we might be able to be exposed. But, but again, reverting to last week, I'm far more afraid of the Giants offense and the Cowboys still were able to hold them to 20 points. I mean, the Cowboys dominated time of possession against the Giants. And I think that's what's going to happen here is they're just going to drastically limit the time that Washington has the ball. So let me ask you, who do you think is going to get more rush attempts, Ezekiel Elliott or Alfred Morris? And who do you think also has more yards? I think Zeke is the answer to both. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to overreact at all in that regard, although I do think that Alfred has a great game. I mean, I, I think they both show up, they both have a great game, but Zeke is the guy that um, you know, that they wanted him to be and that they planned on him being. But, you know. No, we, well, week one, he didn't show a lot of patience. He wasn't waiting for holes to develop. There, so I don't there, know if they roll there, with Alfred Morris a little bit more there were, than they did last week. There were no holes, and this is a topic that you know we've talked about a lot this week on Twitter. There were no holes for Zeke Elliott. I mean, I, I ch- right, when I, he was there, they stacked the box. There's no arguing that. Right. But so I mean, I, I you know I don't feel like he did all he could do I, even in those situations. I, then I challenge you rewatch that game because there is nothing for for him to make. The, I mean, the the fronts that that Zeke and Alfred saw are completely and totally different. They're 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 playing against different defenses, and right. that's the reason for for the difference in performance. And so, but again, I don't think that the the Redskins have the personnel to do that. And so that's why I think that um, that Zeke shows up, and Zeke has you know a more similar game to what we're expecting, and um, and things are great from there. But let's let's move on to your team. You know, the Texans. Okay. They uh, they welcome the Chiefs to town. And this is, I think, a big test for the Texans because this is the team that bookended your 2015 season in terms of, um, you know, the beginning game and the playoff game that was embarrassing. Obviously, Brock and Co. looked impressive last week at home against the Bears. I think if the Texans win this game, I think that the hype is a lot more believable because this is a hump that needs to be overcome. And... I think if it's won in a similar fashion, if Will Fuller comes out again, if Lamar Miller runs all over them, I think if, if the, the Texans defense shows up, if J.J. Watt has a J.J. Watt-type game, then yeah, let's jump all in on this thing. But 
if the Texans have a kryptonite, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if I'd call them kryptonite, but I think a key is they're playing at home again. They lost the playoff game last year at home, 30-0. to zero. And week one of last year, they lost 27-20, to 20, but that score is misleading because they kicked our butts. Brian Hoyer in garbage time. Actually, it was Ryan Mallett because he got benched halfway through the game. Ryan Mallett was just getting some touchdowns late well, in who garbage ca- but time. Who cares about Ryan Mallett? We're talking about Sunday. Well, and so- right, but the Chiefs have had our number. They've had the ticket for the last three games. If you lose three games in a row at home to the Chiefs, it shows at least right now in week two with the whole new offense, you're still not there yet. And, and that's exactly. That's why I think... I mean, it's early, and I think that there are a lot more statement games to come. You know, next week the Texans will play the Patriots. That's another type of, you know, potential right. Short state. week, too. Yeah, short week in New England without Brady. I mean, you know, there's a lot to, to be discerned from, from that game. But this is, I think, a big sort of, um, you know, 11-day stretch, or, or not, a five-day stretch for the, for the, the Texans with these two games. And I think, uh, or four days, wow, man, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a big week all, all together, right. but... Um, this game, if I'm being honest here, Jimmy, I, I have no reason right now not to pick the Chiefs. And I, I, I want to see the Texans prove me wrong. I want to see them buck that trend. And I want to see Brock Osweiler come out and do it again. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit more impressively. But right now, especially with the way the Chiefs came back last week against the Chargers, I just cannot pick against Andy Reid and his team, uh, even without Jamal Charles, if he doesn't play again. There's a few keys to the game for the Texans to pull this one out. I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm not going to bet on the Texans to win this game, but I think it's very possible that they have an upset here. No, but I you, don't know what the spread is. You've got to pick a game, though. You've got Or not a game. You've got to pick a winner right now. The I RJO just kind of did. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I would say I think the Texans have a shot. I well, really okay. do. That's, okay. Well, I mean, I know it's it's kind of like hedging my own bet there, but if no, I had that, to choose, ex- I'd pick the Chiefs, but I don't think it's... You do have to choose. That's the way we roll okay. here. Well, Okay, well, I don't think it's unforeseeable. I don't think it's like a shocking upset if the Texans pull this one out. I don't either. They've got all the tools that they did not have last year. I don't either, but nevertheless, you're saying your pick is the Chiefs. You believe the Chiefs are going to beat the Texans on Sunday. I do. Now, if they lose... Sunday, and then they lose to the Patriots the following week. One and two is going to be hard to overcome. But they did it last year. They started two and five last year. So I don't think it's impossible. I think they're a very well coached team. And as Brock hopefully develops throughout the season, I think they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. I think you're right, though. I think that later on in the season, you could look back to this these these two games, this little stretch right here, this tough this tough little run, albeit that it's early. And, and say that it made the difference because after that Patriots game, you get a long week to pl- you know play the Titans. They'll win that game. Then then they got to play the Vikings. You know, Sean Hill, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater out there on crutches. That's a, a difficult game. And so I mean, I, I I think you're right. I mean, one and two isn't a death sentence, but it's it's interesting, especially considering that those two losses would be to the Chiefs and the Patriots, who are definitely going to be in the playoff mix, and they could be a tiebreaker type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, this game's going to be key here. And, you know, if they pull the upset and they win this game, they're going to be a lot of the national media is going to maybe start falling in love with the Texans, Well, especially if the Colts and Jags lose. Well, let's move on. Let's get to the Colts and Jags in a minute. Dolphins, Patriots, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this game. Jimmy Garoppolo was impressive. You're right. I think Gronk will play. Uh, Deion Lewis obviously isn't ready yet, but I think that the Patriots are, are going to win this game quite easily. As as impressive as the Dolphins hanging in Seattle was, I, I've I've got New England here, and I don't think it's close. I think this is the first sort of wow. You know, I mean, we thought it was impressive that Bill Belichick beat the Cardinals without Brady, but I think they hand it to the Dolphins this week. I think until Bill Belichick retires, automatically you're picking the Patriots to win against the Bills, the Jets, or the Dolphins, no matter what. You know, I think that the the AFC East has such interesting mascots, you know, because you look at Cowboys, Redskins, you can sort of understand how those are like rival mascots. You know what I mean? Like from like, from like a literal sense, but like Patriots, Dolphins, you know, like what, what, (laughs) what does that have to do with opposing one another? 
or, or you know whatever like it's a it's a weird thing the only rivalry actually in that division that actually like sort of gets me heated if i had to choose a word would be patriots jets that's the only afc rivalry that i care at all about i don't think it's gonna matter much this year i still think the patriots even without tom brady for four weeks they already got the first win uh i think the patriots are gonna have this division especially if garoppolo can get one or two more wins yeah i think it's it's an already decided well he's the football gods have decided he's getting one on sunday against the dolphins at home lions titans now i do believe in a bit of a renaissance with the titans here although i think that it might be a little bit farther away than than most people want to believe they're they're a sneaky sort of hype team but they're not there yet and they proved that last week by letting it fall apart against the vikings traveling to detroit i don't necessarily believe that Detroit is anything special either but their offense I don't want to say it's prolific but their offense is capable I mean I know that Calvin Johnson's gone but Matt Stafford you know showed last week that he can put points on the board and I don't have any reason to believe that the Lions aren't just going to whip up the Titans on Sunday yeah I think the Titans are always going to be one of those teams that you're waiting to see if they can develop in a few years and it seems to just be a constant cycle of that on repeat with Vince Young with Jake Locker, with Marcus Mariota. Well, I don't know about that. They're I mean, always a few years away. I mean, we'll see with Marcus Mariota, but right now, I don't see the Titans as a threat at all. I expect them to be picking in the top five again this year. I don't know that I believe that, but I do believe that they'll lose on Sunday. Um, next game here, I think that this is going to potentially be the most fun game to watch uh, if you like scoring. Giants hosting the Saints. Now, last year, that was a huge shootout in New Orleans. And I think we're going to see a similar type of game. I do believe that the Giants are going to hang on to win this game because of their defense. I think that their defense is for real. And I think that Eli is going to throw, throw, throw all over the Saints. He's, you know, and their, their offense is for real. I mean, he's got Odell, Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz, Larry Donnell, Rashad Jennings looks okay, Shane Vereen. I mean, the Giants' offense is something to be concerned about which is why i was concerned about and i think the giants win this game handily i don't know if i i'd agree with that i think the saints can definitely pull out a win against any team in the nfl that's you know quit quit hedging your bets james quit hedging your bets i'm not hedging my bet i'm just saying i don't think it's going to be a giants blowout or decisive win uh i can see the saints pulling an upset here actually if i'm being honest so you've got saints is what you're saying you have to yeah maybe a high scoring game 38 to 35 something like so that you've got saints maybe another uh missed field goal to send the game into overtime so you've got Who knows? all right so you've got saints cowboys nation rejoices um and by the way you can check out all of jimmy and i's picks you can go check out the rjo show Ocho live official nfl weekly pick em pool jimmy and i both took the jets so we're both one and oh for this week it's a you know totally free top five uh you know players at the end of the season get prizes maybe a jimmy jowl autograph if he's so kind um no yeah that's gonna be worth uh, pennies <laughs> someday but um but it's a lot of fun and what i think is challenging maybe you disagree jimmy is you're not just picking who's gonna win you're doing it against the spread so you, you know maybe you're not picking who's gonna win just who's gonna cover you know what i mean yeah and i mean this is the first week i joined i wasn't able to join week one but just for the record i got week one perfect i went 16 and 0 okay um so i I know what i'm doing here is what i'm getting at well okay but uh well yeah it's real fun and you've got the saints though showing i know more you've got the saints so i've got the giants so that's one one way where we oppose i know i said that would be the most fun game to watch but this is up there steelers hosting the Bengals. their first interaction since that playoff game from last season that was so entertaining and Look, I, I want to believe that the Bengals have the goods here. And I think that the Bengals are still an interesting team. But what we saw from the Steelers on Monday night, I just don't understand. You're right. I mean, the fact that they're doing it without Lev Bell, without Ladarius Green, Martavis Bryant suspended for the season. I just, there's no reason to pick against the Steelers. I think they take this game in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. Although this particular rivalry usually ends up stealing each other's games on the road. But, uh, but give me the Steelers in this game. I'm going to take the Steelers, too, but I think it's going to be an opposite game as the Giants and Saints. I think it's going to be very low-scoring, very hard-hitting, maybe one or two big plays from each team to really determine the outcome of the game. You think Vontaze Burfecht— I think Burfic, it's going to be nasty, although there's going to be so many penalties. You think Vontaze Burfecht does anything ridiculous? 
Oh, of course. Someone's going to get kicked out of the game. I guarantee it. Okay. There's going to be more flags than like a Memorial Day service. Well, you um, you said that you guaranteed it, so we'll see. Uh, you know, if that happens, people are listening. Cleveland Browns oh, yeah. hosting the Baltimore Ravens again. I think we can just blow through this. The Browns without RG three. I, I don't think Josh McCown is terrible. I mean, not in ter- terrible in terms of a, a drastic downgrade, but still, I mean, they're the Browns. They're horrible in in every element. The Ravens win this. I think we both agree, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Cool. Let's move on. Panthers, 49ers, similar sort of circumstance here. The Panthers are like 13 and a half point favorites, which is absurd and not something that I would ever recommend taking. But, I mean, it's hard to believe they won't cover this. I think the 49ers fall all the way back down to earth after, you know, a 28 to nothing blowout at home against the Rams last week. I think the Panthers are angry. They've had a long time to stew on that week one loss in Denver and the Graham Gnomis and, and Cam certainly got manhandled or Cam handled. And I think they're going to come out and flex some muscle. They're going to give away like 400 balls to little kids after touchdowns. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Chip Kelly can uh, operate this offense against a very good defense, which they did not face last week against the Rams. Um, but, yeah, I think the Panthers are going to blow them out. The game's going to start with a kneel and it's going to end with a kneel. That's the Colin Kaepernick <laughs> reference, if you didn't get it. Wow, that was interesting. And that was good. That, that was, was not bad. A little, yeah, a little, I'm proud of myself for that one. A little clever. Now, a little bit. you think that the Saints beating the Giants is an upset. Um, I don't know that I would agree with that, but... This is my upset of the week. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Arizona. I think that, that I've said before, I think that Arizona is going to come down a peg or two this season, although I really believe in Bruce Arians. I know you and I both really fell in love with him over all or nothing, but I just really believe in Jameis Winston, Dirk Cutter, Mike Evans, Doug Martin, that whole offense. I mean, we saw the Cardinals defense be a little flat last week at home against the, the Patriots, and I think that we're going to be sitting here a week from now, we're going to say, wow, the Cardinals are 0-2 and 0-2 in their own building, and I think the Bucks take this game. I don't know how you feel, though. See, I disagree. I think Bruce Arians is the kind of coach where he's going to take that loss and he's going to actually draw something from it and he's going to come out mean and nasty and he's going to make the team do the same. They're going to come out and they're going to dominate the game. I think you're going to see Jameis Winston look like a second-year quarterback. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting. But there's one where we differ. That's my upset of the week. I'm taking the Bucks. We're going to finish picking these games, Jimmy, Josh, Seth, and I, right here on the RJO Show. As soon as we get back from this break, don't go anywhere. Go get us some food. Jimmy, what do you want? you want anything special? Chick-fil-A, maybe? Chick-fil-A. Go get us some Chick-fil-A and come right back to hang out with Jimmy Josephna and I as we finish picking week two of the National Football League 2015. Right back. What's going on, everybody? I know that you heard Jimmy and I talk about how the NFL streamed a game on Twitter, and I know that you know that I am a big believer in the future of technology and where sports media and entertainment media is headed, and that is why I do Ocho Live every single day. Ocho Live is a daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming service and really NFL streaming service. I do it on my own personal Periscope. You can watch at RJ Ochoa. Just follow me on Periscope. Or you can watch on Inside the Stars Facebook Live feed every day as close as I can to 3 p.m. We jump on for about 30 minutes for an interactive session that you can watch and comment along with as we talk about our favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Go join it. Check it out. I believe this is where we are headed towards the future, and I believe that you and I are going to be a part of it together. Now let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome back to the RJO Show, where we are chopping up the 2016 NFL season, specifically week two. We are talking about who's going to win, who's going to lose, who's going to have a good time, and who is going to be really sad. And I say we because I'm joined by a good friend of mine. I am RJ Ochoa, staff writer at InsideTheStar.com, 
the host here on the RJO Show and the host of Ocho Live, the only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option. Check it out on my own personal Periscope or on the Inside the Star Facebook page. Just go give us a like. And I am joined by my good friend, Jimmy Jowl Sethna. Jimmy, you can follow on Twitter at the Jimmy Jowl, or you can listen to his beautiful baritone voice right here on the RJO Show, his fifth appearance, setting records, James. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a turkey last time. Is that the fourth one? Oh, I think three is a hat trick. Four is a turkey. I don't know. That's a that's a bowling term, right? I mean, I don't I don't know. I think so. You look like a bowler. For what it's worth. Um, my girlfriend was in a bowling league uh, for a little while. I went and watched. That's embarrassing. I went and watched her one time. She had fun. It was she was good. Um, but all right, let's finish these games. Let's finish strong, James. We can do this. Seattle Seahawks in Los Angeles. All right, we, we are. If you're just joining us, which is pretty much impossible because this is a podcast. But uh, for somehow, some way, you didn't you know listen earlier. Jimmy and I, we've been picking all of the week two games, and you can go join the RJO Show Ultra Live Weekly Pick'em Pool and pick alongside us. You can see all of our picks up there. Um, and look, Jimmy, there's some talk that Russell Wilson is is hurt, uh, which is interesting. He's never been hurt in his career, and he might not play. I don't care. The Seahawks are going to destroy the Rams. We agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good man. And not much else to say. It's it's decided. Good man. The Atlanta Falcons will be visiting the Oakland Raiders on Sunday, and I'm a big fan of the Raiders this year. And I know that you're a big fan of them in general. Um, you know, the Princess of Darkness herself, Amy Trask, has graced the RJO show with her presence before. And I think that the Raiders, coming off that epic two-point conversion win in New Orleans, I don't think there's any way that they lose. The, the momentum is totally in their favor. I mean, can you imagine being one of the players on the Raiders right now, getting on that plane ride after the Saints game? They're just so jacked. Them yeah. in New Orleans. Oh, the confidence is going to be at an all-time high. Yeah, I do think that this is a similar game. I think the Falcons score. I think Julio Jones has a big game. Um, but I think ultimately the Raiders just outlast them because the Raiders just want it more at this point. Yeah, I think the Raiders are going to take away this one from the Falcons. Broncos-Colts. Now, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I think I might have gone Colts. But after what I saw from both of them week one, I'm a little bit more of a believer in Trevor Simeon, at least that he's um, a competent quarterback. And I know Demarius Thomas is banged up, but Emmanuel Sanders is such a sturdy you know, number two option. And C.J. Anderson looks phenomenal. I think C.J. Anderson is a dark horse to lead the league in rushing this season. Um, the Colts' defense is just so pathetic i mean just it's insulting how bad their secondary is and i think that they're gonna make trevor simeon look like you know great time peyton manning who played for both of these teams and so i think that you know the broncos gonna win this game because their defense is gonna contain andrew luck and their offense is up against such a crappy defense i think i agree with you um I'm really curious to see how Andrew Luck can handle a beating because you know the Denver Broncos are going to come out and just hit him right in the jaw. And curious to see if he's fully recovered from last year's injuries. He's going to be tested this week. I think the Broncos win in a fairly low-scoring game, maybe 17 to 14. Yeah, something like uh, that. This is the this is the first game since 1993 where Peyton Manning is not playing for the Broncos or the Colts. That's amazing. I've got a bold prediction for this game. I think that Pat McAfee sets some type of punting distance record. Like, I don't know if it's, like, total punt yards in a game or, like, longest punt in a game or something. I think that Pat McAfee, the Colts punter, sets a record some of some type, some punting record in this game because he's in the altitude of mile high, and he's already got one of the biggest punting legs in the game. That's how I do it, Jimmy. I get bold. See, I don't think anyone would even be able to fact-check that because it's such a boring statistic to measure punting records for a game. No, Chuck, You made fun of my bold prediction a couple episodes ago. This is by far worse. Chuck Chuck Zada of Inside the Pylon, who's been on the RJO show, is a big kicker and punter fan. Chuck will absolutely check this for us. But um, let's move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the San Diego Chargers. San Diego obviously recovering... One, from the fact that their city doesn't seem to want them. Two, the fact that their first overall pick barely wants to play for them. Three, Keenan Allen, their best player outside of Phillip Rivers, is gone yet again for the whole season. Shout out to uh, to the O'Chosen one, my fantasy football team. We lost him. We will prevail. Um, but, you know, all that considered, 
the Jaguars, I think, somewhat lived up to the offseason hype. Now, not totally, because the hype was ridiculous, but they hung in with the Green Bay Packers. And there's a lot to be said for that. And so I think that the Jaguars are going to waltz into San Diego, and they're going to beat this team, and they're going to get their first win of 2016. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the Jags will get their first win, but I think it's still going to be one of six or seven wins on the year. I haven't bought into the hype at all. Um, Teams usually take baby steps towards success and becoming a real threat and a playoff contender year in and year out. And I just don't see enough pieces for the Jags for them to really blow teams out and dominate games I, like they need to be able to. I think that they're on the cusp, and you know, and that's that's where they are, and that's what what we saw against Green Bay. I think Jalen Ramsey maybe gets his first interception this game too. By the way, the Sunday night game. But by the way, Jimmy, what'd you think of the new Carrie Underwood song? Because I'm I don't know how I feel yet. I did not like it. I loved Faith Hill. I loved the song, but well, the, it's Faith a, Hill is it's a Joan Jett remix. Yeah, like it's the and, song. I don't really care who's singing it, but it's the song being different that bothers me. Oh yeah, I mean it's not catchy. I don't like it. It doesn't feel. I feel dirty. Yeah, I mean there was. I, I feel like I got a new girlfriend, and I just I'm just recalling all the fun times I had with my like, old th- one. There was this element that like yes, you're right. Carrie or Faith or Pink. I have been waiting all day for Sunday night. You know, like it made sense. Um, so whatever. But either way, Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers visiting the Minnesota Vikings as Minnesota debuts their new stadium. Now we'll see if Sam Bradford makes the start finally for the Vikings. But still, this is two one and teams taking on one another. People seem to forget that the Vikings won this division a year ago and came within a Blair Walsh missed field goal of beating the Seahawks in the playoffs. Now, I really want to believe in the Vikings. I still have them as a playoff team, even without Teddy Bridgewater. But, I mean, I said a little while ago, I believe that the Packers are going to be the best offense in the NFL this this season, maybe outside of the Steelers. I believe the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. I believe the Green Bay Packers are winning this game in Minnesota and are moving on to 2-0. I can see this game starting off really close because, I mean, they are rivals. They're heated. And then just pulling away. have been able to beat them, you know, the past few years. And then I see the Packers just blowing them out of the water in the second half, maybe – you know, going into the into halftime, 13-10, 10-10, whatever, and then final score of like 35-17, to 17, yeah, something like that. I, I see just it. see the Packers running away with it. That's a good call. All right, last game of the week, the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. The rookie, Carson Wentz, his first road game, visiting the, the city where he was drafted, Chicago, and, you know, the national eye upon him. I mean, look, as a Cowboys fan, I know I already picked the Giants to win. I did pick the Cowboys to win. But I do think the Eagles win this game. I think the Bears hung in with the Texans for a little while last week. And then, like you know, kind of like you're saying, like the Vikings, it just fell apart. And I think that the Eagles' defense is enough to stifle Jay Cutler and that Carson Wentz has the goods to at least just get it done. I think this is a really... I don't want to say low scoring, but a really boring game. Like I think there's maybe even like a safety. You know, it's a it's a weird game, and I think um, it's. I'm excited though, just to get back to the normal routine of Monday Night Football. You know, just one game, not have to uh, to deal with the the duo that we had last week. And I think this is like a like an 18 to 13 type of win for the Philadelphia Eagles on the road in Chicago. Yeah, I see this being a close game as well. I do got to go with the Eagles. I think just. From watching the Bears play last week against the Texans, there's a lot of O-line problems with the Bears. And, you know, Texans had Whitney Merciless become the AFC player of the week. And Eagles have some pass rushers, so I can see them just harassing Jay Cutler. And, you know, the offense isn't able to move the ball a lot. And the Eagles come out with a win, you know, in a low-scoring game. Uh, I'm not going to predict a safety or anything because I'm not as bold as you are. Oh, great one. But, uh, you know, I can see the Eagles pulling this one out 13-10 if I had a guess. Well, I don't know. 
I mean, guessing is not allowed. We uh, we force you to, you know, stick to your convictions here on the RJO Show. Jimmy, thank you for joining us this week on the RJO Show. You can view, again, all of Jimmy and I's picks. Just go join the RJO Show Ocho Live uh, NFL Weekly Pick and Pool. Totally free. You can win prizes and uh, hopefully Jimmy's love and affection. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I will be uh, tweeting out a uh, – contest question and the winner gets a worthless signature of mine <laughs> on a piece of notebook paper you should follow jimmy although i don't believe he'll do that just follow him on twitter at the, i know i'll send you a signature <laughs> at uh at the jimmy jowl he's a great follower he's a great friend of mine he's a fan of the show uh which um if you are as well i appreciate and that's all we have for this week here on the rjo show jimmy and uh you know like i said i i had uh some things come up but you know those are all taken care of all the the i's are dotted and t's are crossed and we'll be on a regular schedule regular pattern as um as the season progresses we'll have a lot to talk about naturally next week um you know we'll have an episode out shortly after monday night football and as always you can watch ocho live every day if you want to talk um you know have some interaction you can do that on a daily basis my personal periscope just follow me rj ochoa follow me on twitter at rj ochoa or you can watch on facebook live just go like inside the star on facebook this is rj ochoa signing off for me and for my good friend jimmy jowl jimmy any last words uh, Whitney Merciless will be the uh, defensive MVP this year. Okay. That's my bold prediction. You wanted one. I, I gave you one. I said last words, not bold prediction. But hey, you know, however you understood that's well, up to you. My last words are a bold prediction, whatever. Well, respect. Thank- I'm the guest. You got to respect me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. I will see you next time. Jimmy will be back sooner rather than later this season. He'll probably pop in on an Ocho Live, um, you know, before all is said and done as well. I will see you on the RJO show next week after week two when all of Jimmy and I's predictions have come true. Until then, as always, go Cowboys and peace out. Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? You wanna get out? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get out?